Welcome into the Wild Sports Podcast. I'm your host, David Graff. Joined alongside me, as always, is my co-host, Robert Munoz. Plus, for today, for this week's episode, we've got Wild Sports UW football, basketball. Right now, mainly basketball beat writer Josh Criswell joining us. Big game for the men's basketball team for Coach Linder's squad on Wednesday. We're recording this Tuesday evening. Get out ahead of it. It's one you might have heard about. They're traveling to uh, the school that's a touch south of Laramie there in Fort Collins. And they'll take on the Colorado State Rams. So we'll talk about that game, talk about the season so far with Josh. Really happy to have him. Really happy that there's a lot of juice in this game, in this in this rematch, if you would, between these two teams. So excited for that. But first, Robert, how's it going, man? It's going well, as always. You know, just trying to stay warm out here. Like you said, you just gotta have gloves, you know. Your hands are out there for just a little just a little bit a little while. Almost you can't move them. You can't drive, you know, it's just Need gloves. Gloves are the ultimate game changer. I'm holding my pair up here as we're there's, recording there's this. Wyoming, there's Wyoming News Now provide, provide those for you. No, I, I actually had to purchase these at Dick's Sporting Goods for uh, high school football season. So not not no Wyoming News Now glove swag. Uh, like what about a beanie? Do they do they at least provide the beanie? I do have a beanie somewhere, but. It's, they have, they yeah. have a pretty sweet jacket, too. The jacket is nice. The jacket, I mean, you could go in the Alaskan frontier with the jacket and you'd be okay. Chris McCandless could have used the Wyoming News Now jacket for any Into the Wild fans out there. But, yes, yes. Well, we, we've got Josh with us. You just heard from him. Josh, how's it going in Laramie? How are you? Oh, it's going great. You know, uh, before I took this job this past summer, you had warned me that the Cowboys might have themselves a, a decent basketball team. So uh, do we have to credit you if they prove all the doubters wrong that picked them to finish eighth? We, I will not be taking any victory laps, but I do appreciate the props coming from Josh because I have been high on this basketball team on Coach Linder's squad. You, if you – Watch the team down the stretch last year. I hope that you were high as well on the team because when Graham E.K. finally got in the mix, Xavier Ducell got consistent, earned consistent playing time, and then Marcus Williams, obviously. I mean, I thought this was going to be a really good team coming back. Obviously, Marcus Williams isn't here, but they've carried on without him. Hunter Maldonado's game has gone to another level and Graham E.K. is starting to become the player that Jeff Linder probably envisioned when he first visited with, with E.K. once upon a time, becoming the six-foot-nine guard that probably gives everybody in the Mountain West Conference nightmares. So I'll just ask you, Josh, you know, you this is your first year covering the Cowboys basketball program. What's been the biggest surprise to you so far this season? 
I think for me, the biggest surprise is just the way that arena auditoriums come alive and kind of become the dome of doom again. I mean, whenever I came out there the first couple games, um, it, it wasn't a very strong showing to say the least. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's kind of started to gradually build and you could kind of see flashes. I'm trying to remember the game exactly. Uh, there was one, I think, early in Mountain West play, maybe the Denver game uh, right before that. But really, you know, that stretch, Boise State, Colorado State, you know, if you asked me six months ago if I ever thought I'd be seeing an arena like that, uh, the answer would have definitely been no. So I think that's the biggest thing for me. Obviously, a lot of, uh, you know, different things going on um, that are really positive, but I don't necessarily know if I'm surprised by them so much. Um, I wasn't here last year to see, you know, how talented Marcus Williams can be, but I think especially on the defensive side of the ball, it may be as good as he is, maybe was a little bit of addition by some traction just because of the additional minutes that are going to guys, you know, whether it's Drake Jeffries, Xavier Ducell, you know, moving Maldonado to the point guard position, which I think was a very underrated part of their defensive turnaround going from outside the top 300 to right around hundred and adjusted defensive efficiency. And Jeff Linder talked about it about a week ago. And, you know, one of the things that's made them so good is you have Maldonado at the point guard spot, who's not only an elite defender, but he's six foot seven. So it just makes it a nightmare for opposing teams. But I guess, you know, the defense uh, number two and then number one has to be the dome of doom coming back. Yeah, speaking to the Dome of Doom, Robert and I were there in the Dome of Dark Days at the end there. There were maybe – I always joke that there were 15 people in the stands. There were more people working the game on the benches than there were in the stands, which I don't think is that far-fetched. But, Robert, for guys like the – for guys like us, you know, how cool is it to just see the double-A packed like it has been lately? Yeah, it's it's a lot of fun for sure. I know I would during school I'd go to games and I would just go and sit up near the top. And now you want to sit near the court, but you don't have the opportunity. So it's pretty cool. Back then you'd have the opportunity. You know, you could go sit down, and the ushers probably wouldn't even mind most of the time. But I would just go and uh, grab a beer uh, during the times I was able to drink. and go just sit up top, you know, and kind of try and take it in. And sometimes would most of the time would probably end up leaving early. Um, it's yeah, it's certainly a lot of fun. I I went to that CSU game last time they played and I, I haven't had that much fun at a UW basketball game. And I couldn't tell you, uh, I'd have to sit and think about it, but certainly been a long time. Um, so, yeah, you know, it's good. It's great. It's awesome to answer your question. It's great for – it's great. But, I mean, it's it's pretty awesome to see the energy that Coach Linder has brought back to the program. Hopefully it keeps rolling here. Robert mentioned the last time the Pokes played CSU, it was a nail-biter. Nail-biter. David Roddy could have won the game for the Rams – from the free throw line and he said no not this time uh we're good let's uh let's play overtime to see see how it goes and and the pokes kind of dominated that extra five minutes there so we'll go to josh here what are you expecting this time around in fort collins 
I'm expecting another close game. You know, San Diego State, Boise State squaring off right now as we're recording it. It's a pretty tight game at the moment. And I'm expecting the same thing. You know, what a week for the Mountain West as far as just marquee games involving marquee teams right here, back-to-back days. But, no, I'm expecting a lot of David Roddy for CSU and a lot of Hunter Maldonado and Graham Ifke for Wyoming. It's kind of an obvious answer, but that's really kind of been the story with these two teams, you know, especially Wyoming as of late. Um, hasn't necessarily gotten those additional contributions that they'll need in a game like this. You know, I was looking back at it and Wyoming, I think they're still number four in the conference in three-point shooting. Uh, We're one of the best in non-conference play, but ever since the CSU game, I think they're shooting under 28% from deep. So I think that's really going to be the key to this one, aside from anything involving uh, the stars of each of these teams, which I'm sure we'll get into in a bit. But I I really think that's going to be be the biggest thing right there is just finding a way to knock down those three balls because I mean they're nine and 21 from deep the first time they played that probably had as much an impact on anything you know they got a couple of quick ones out of the gate I think they had four or so in the first 10 minutes and obviously Drake Jeffries coming up with a huge one at the the end so I think you know it's going to be a close game and it might come down to whether or not Wyoming can knock down its threes. Yeah, the three ball has certainly been an important part of Coach Linder's teams going all the way back to his time in Greeley. If you watched Sports Center last night with SVP, you got a heavy dose of of Greeley mentions there. So shout out to Coach Linder's old old uh, coworkers there in in what is a great town in Colorado, Greeley. <laughs> I have to chuckle when I say that. But uh that that's part of my contract. Um, let, let's, you know, one of the things that has come up is that there haven't been a whole lot of other contributions outside of Graham EK and Hunter Maldonado lately. How do you think they get the other guys going? You know, because sometimes when the shots aren't falling, it's hard to contribute offensively if you're not knocking down those outside shots. So what, what do you think they need to do to try and help maybe get some contributions from outside the dynamic duo? Yeah, you know, as far as on the offensive end, um, I guess I'll start on the defensive side. You know, if the shots aren't falling, that's generally the easiest way to make an impact right there is hustle plays, boards. And I think that is the one area. That's a Drake Jeffries specialty right there. Exactly. You know, in, I was talking to him the other day, 42 inch vertical on that guy. It's easy to see why, you know, someone at his size is is one of the elite rebounders in the Mountain West with some of the big guys in this league. But I think it starts right there. You know, if you're not hitting your shots, don't let it impact, you know, your mindset for all the other parts of the game. But on the offensive end, I really don't think that there's a lot more that you can do. You know, it's just knocking down those shots that are open. They haven't been taking bad shots. It's kind of something I'll talk about all the time, you know, whether I'm writing it or on the radio or whatever. It's it's kind of a common theme for this team is they're always taking good shots. There's a rare moment. Moment. You know, you could probably count it on one or two fingers where there's a moment where you're like, that was just a horrendous offensive decision or possession, um, you know, not related to turnovers, just shooting the ball. So I, I think that's, uh, you know, the big thing is that, you know, don't press, just keep playing the game you've been playing it. And the shots are bound to fall, you know, Drake Jeffries isn't going to stay cold forever. And once that guy gets hot, it could be a nightmare for CSU. Yeah, he's still shooting. He's still leading the league, shooting 
from from the outside. So, you know, on his worst streaks, he still seems like he's the best shooter in the league. So, yeah, this is probably a good time for them to go cold, though, right, Josh? Right before. I mean, I know it's it's never a good time, but at least it's not postseason, right? Yeah, most definitely. It's kind of funny. Like I talk about Drake Jeffries going cold and I still think he's shooting over 35% from deep the past few games. I think we just kind of got spoiled by how well he shoots the ball whenever he's on. But yeah, I mean, you, you just got to keep rolling with it. And, you know, as I mentioned, you know, don't press on anything. And I, I think a guy that you need to look for to have a big game that we haven't necessarily seen it on the offensive end is Xavier Ducell. I think he's primed for a breakout moment. Um, and he's had flashes this year his biggest contributions obviously on the defensive end which I think him on Isaiah Stevens is going to be huge I'm interested to see how they handled David Roddy this time around they kind of mixed and matched with Maldo and Graham uh, the first time around so it's uh it's going to be interesting but yeah I mean I think it's it's prime time for uh for Drake Jeffries and Xavier Ducell and Brendan Wenzel you know he had a couple uh, good game I think two or three games ago so uh, you know I think this is a perfect time for them um you know jeremiah odin's another guy when, whenever his shots falling from deep he's just such a dynamic player and in everything he does i've talked about it with a couple people you know his ceiling on as, maybe anybody on this team might be the highest just because of his size and skill set and athleticism so i think he's a guy that if he's knocking down the three ball he could be an x factor for sure we always talk about we always talk about 72 20 in terms of visitors you know, they have to deal with playing at such a high elevation. And something that I've kind of noticed lately is that Wyoming, their bench isn't too terribly deep in terms of the top five guys in each game are usually over, over 30, 35 plus minutes played. Hunter Maldonado and Drake Jeffries, usually one of them playing the entire game and never even coming out. Do you think fatigue plays any part in terms of some of these shooting woes lately it definitely could for sure you know it's a good point that i hadn't really thought uh, a ton about you know obviously it's impacted them some uh, just the amount of games that they've played especially during those quick stretches where you're playing four games in like eight days but yeah i mean it, it, it's something that can definitely play a role for sure um it's uh it's going to be interesting you know and the thing about Wyoming too, it's, it's kind of a double-edged sword. And I also think maybe some of these minutes for guys would be reduced if Kenny Foster was out there, but you know, it, I think maybe the analytics show this, whether it's the NBA or the premier college teams that are competing for national titles. I mean, not a lot of these teams are going past eight guys deep as far as anyone that's going to see significant playing time when it's not, um, you know, in a foul situation or something like that. So I'm not necessarily so concerned about the fatigue impacting them overall or, you know, the minute minutes distribution, but it, it definitely could have an impact on the shooting. And fortunately for them, they'll get a little bit of time to regain that uh, energy, I guess, you know, at the end of the regular season and assuming they make it the NCAA tournament. Yeah. One of the few teams that I've noticed in that elite tier that, plays more than eight guys typically is a favorite of coach Linder's Arizona, Tommy Lloyd's Arizona team. They usually play about nine, 10 guys. Occasionally you see a hockey line shift for the Wildcats, but 
Definitely, definitely a good point. The shorter your bench is, usually the more elite your team is, even though that doesn't seem to add up in all of the sayings that your parents told you about sports growing up. Just that depth wins championships, defense wins championships. Defense still kind of does, but we shall see. What what do you – this is a five-game stretch here. What are you guys looking forward to the most coming down, winding down on the regular season for the Pokes outside of this CSU rematch tomorrow night? I'm really looking forward to that San Diego State game uh, primarily because I think it's going to have well, – not I think it's going to have huge Mountain West title implications. You know, we're recording this as their game against Boise State's going on, and as of right now um, – if Boise State wins that game, obviously they'll be 2-0, and and there's not a scenario where Wyoming can win that tiebreaker. But if Boise loses tonight, then all of a sudden the Aztecs in Wyoming, that game looks like it could be for the Mountain West regular season title. So that's the game I'm really looking forward to. And just seeing, you know, if Wyoming, I think if they can finish this thing out, um, you know, two and two and get one win at the conference tournament. I think that's enough for them to move themselves off of that first four in where you have to play a play in game at the tournament. So I think that that's the biggest thing for me, you know, seeing if they can, you know, get three more wins uh, between now and the conference tournament, which in my opinion would remove any concerns of having to play that extra game to start things off. That's kind of what I wanted to ask you, Josh, uh, your thoughts on the limitations on them getting in and you know, what, what it would take for them just to not get in realistically at this point. I mean, I think it would take a colossal collapse for them to not get in. Like you're looking at a one in three finish where you lose both of the big games against CSU and San Diego state, and then probably get knocked out in the first round of the mountain West tournament. That's really the only scenario where I can see them dropping out far enough just because I'm seeing them pretty comfortably in as like an eight nine game right now um so like I said you know if they get two wins I think they're in um and then three counting the conference tournament like I said I think that takes away that uh takes away that first round game and if they only win two more I'd say they still make it but they're probably having a head up to Dayton Ohio you can't discount that game at the end of the year against Fresno State. That's a tough team. Wyoming pulled it out there in Fresno, but Orlando Robinson didn't have his best showing this time around against Graham E.K. and Hunter Thompson. Hunter Thompson was huge in limiting him in that in that game. So, you know, this time around in Laramie, I just – we should be aware of the Orlando Robinson top ten pick game where he – you know, is dunking on three people and doing seven footer things. So, so that, that one, that one is concerning to me at least, or one to watch, I guess I should say the, the thing about the pokes tournament resume is that they don't have that win unless you are a big fan of the mountain West. They don't have that signature win. I've been joking with people that Santa Clara, my other college of choice has more ranked wins than the Pokes, and they also they also Stanford. Yet they're nowhere near tournament worthy. What what would you say is the best win? What do you guys think is the best win that the Cowboys have had so far? 
it's kind of a toss up for me between the Colorado state and Boise state games at home, you know, something I think that's hurt their resume a little bit, just in terms of where they're going to end up. And whenever people look at those sheets at the end, whenever they're making the decision for the selection committee, that grand Canyon game, you know, whenever it happened, that was a huge deal. And it still is, you know, that was a win over, I think was a top 60 team as far as Ken Palm goes and grand Canyon on the road and one of the best environments in college basketball. And, you know, they're all the way out of the top hundred now in both net ranking and Ken Palm. So I think that's one of the, uh, one of the more disappointing turn of events is that whenever they got that win and, you know, grand Canyon was one of the favorites to win the whack. I think everyone, was thinking that might be your uh your signature non-conference win so definitely don't have that you know marquee you know power five or whatever you want to call it win but i think in the mountain west with it being as strong as it has been this year um you know especially if you finish well and say you only have one loss maybe two against boise sdsu and colorado state i still think that's pretty solid uh yeah i mean i'd have to agree agree with josh because there aren't many other options that we're, we have to choose from, right? You know, just – You could maybe argue Washington still. Yeah. but I don't think so, but there's an argument out there. Yeah, but, you know, just picking up those two wins, you got to get them while they can. And if, if they just could have pulled out that win on the road at Boise, and I think if Xavier Ducell was playing in that game, I think that – they maybe could have won that game. Um, and, it, yeah, and, you know, we kind of talked about it, that what did he miss, two weeks or so, um, four games or so. He was really contributing offensively before that, you know, and I don't think he's scored in double figures ever since he has missed time. So, I don't know. You guys think that just – having to step away kind of through a, through a kink in his rhythm a little bit. Maybe a little bit. And I think too, uh, maybe even a bigger issue. Uh, and I think he's slowly kind of got back to his old self a little bit, especially on the defensive side. But I think with the offensive side of it, I think the, um, the hamstring issue is it's kind of one of those things that just lingers and it's hard to just kind of get rid of it right away. And you can't really practice your jump shot while it's going on. You know, you can put shots up, but you're not doing your normal motion. So I think it was a little bit getting out of a rhythm because he had a really, you know, strong start to the season. Um, He's still playing really well defensively, but yeah, definitely hasn't, uh, you know, had that offensive efficiency, I guess we saw early on. Yeah. I think the, big thing with X is that he's he can't he, he seemingly last year a lot of the times when he was scoring the ball he was touching the ball a lot or he was dribbling and making his shots or or passing and getting a pass back and making the shot and with Maldo having the ball so often it's taking the ball out of his hands a little bit he mentioned in the in way back in the preseason that he thought he might be handling the ball a little bit more than he had the pre his freshman year. And we haven't really seen a whole lot of that. So I, I wonder if that's thrown him off his rhythm as well. And uh, you keep mentioning that uh, we know how great of a defense defender he is. And I think Drake Jeffries is a phenomenal defender. Um, I think he might be Wyoming's best defender. Why, why do they struggle 
sometimes when it comes to kind of lethal guards? Are they not as good as we think they are? Or is it just, I don't know, like that New Mexico game, um, you know, what Jaylen is it? House was playing out of his mind. He was playing like Eddie House in that game. Exactly. Exactly. He looked like Devin Booker using his Phoenix roots there. Devin Booker is how he was playing, just nailing jump shots in people's faces. Like, I, that's how I'd chalk that up. But Josh might have a di- different answer. Yeah, I think one of the things that might lead to that a little bit is – and I, I could be wrong a little bit, but at least in my opinion, they don't do very much doubling. You know, it's a lot of, uh, you know, very good, strict, you know, heavy man-to-man defense with a lot of pressure. And so I think that maybe gets them in a little bit of trouble sometimes, um, you know, against these elite guards, um, especially against guys like Jalen House. But there's also things too, like, I mean, that Jalen house game, you know, he, you know, he had about 22 shots that probably would have been a normal game. And then he added on or 22 points. Then he added on about another 15, just on ridiculous NBA, you know, caliber type of shots, but it's a, uh, it's definitely interesting. And I've actually kind of wondered that myself is like, that's really kind of been what's given them trouble. You know, David Roddy had a big game, but even him, I think holding him to 23 in that one was in a sense of victory considering he was shooting at 60%, but it's a, it's interesting, but I think a lot of it kind of has to do with the fact that a lot of times, you know, the defenders, they'll find themselves out on the perimeter, kind of on an Island one-on-one. The defense is also designed to run guys off the three point line. And as we see many times in college, you know, elite guards are capable of shooting the mid range which is kind of a lost art in basketball overall, given that there's such an emphasis on shooting layups and three-pointers. Shout out Maury Ball, as Josh and I are big fans of. But so, you know, that that gives you open looks in the mid-range, and if you're able to knock those down and get in a rhythm, it's pretty easy to put up big numbers. That would be another... That would be another thing that I would throw. Yeah, and I would actually say that David's point um, probably has a little bit more of an impact on it than mine does. I think that's that's a really good point right there. Whenever you're kind of designed to run people off the three point line, it can uh, it can kind of spell disaster sometimes against a guy like Jalen House. But then again, on the flip side, you kind of look at just how well they've done, you know, the numbers uh, defending the three-point line. I got them pulled up right here. You know, whenever it comes to defending the three, uh, Wyoming's number 16 in the country. So, I mean, it it has its downfalls. It has its benefits. Um, You know, probably 22 games out of the year, we've seen that work into their benefit. But obviously, you know, a couple times it didn't. Well, let's wrap things up here. Let's give two different predictions. We've got CSU at CSU, Moby Madness, as they're calling it there. What are what are our predictions for Wednesday night's game? And then what what do we think the Pokes record will be in these final five regular season games? We'll have Josh on again before the Mountain West tournament. Yeah, for uh 
for tonight or for I guess yeah tonight whenever we release this thing I, I'm gonna roll with Wyoming pulling out another close one I think they win this one by four I think it's gonna be a fairly high scoring game between two of the more efficient offenses in the country um, so give me the Cowboys say something like 80 to 76 uh, and, and I'm gonna go ahead and say that Wyoming finishes out the regular season at I'm going to say four and one. I'm going to say four and one. Um, and if they, if that one loss doesn't come to San Diego State, I think they're walking away with the Mountain West Championship. Yep. They're going undefeated five and oh, all the way. No more losses. No more losses. Nope. No more losses. I love it. I love it. So, Pokes are a six point dog. In for Collins, what what do you think is the score tomorrow night? I think that they're covering the spread. I think I think they're gonna win. I think they're gonna win. Um, I don't know, um, seventy five, seventy four. Final score. Whoa, whoa! That would have been my third question right there. Can people relax with a minute left, or is this going to like? Are we talking more game-winning free throws? Is it going to be Graham Ek's turn this time? They're going to be down. Yeah, or seventy-three. Yeah, that's gonna exactly. Down? That's exactly what's going to happen. All right. So Ek's going to make his <laughs> shots fired. Shots fired at the uh, illustrious Breck alum out of Minneapolis. There, so. I mean, I, I think the Pokes, I do think they win tomorrow night. I just think that they have that it factor. I don't know if I would say it's going to be that high scoring this time. I, I kind of feel like the Pokes win like 70 to 65. I, I'll say that we don't need overtime, but it, it's definitely going to come down to that final minute because would it even be a University of Wyoming basketball game this season if it didn't come down to that final minute? And I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say four and one to finish out the regular season. I feel like just something in me is worried about that Fresno State game. I just the beast within Orlando Robinson. I just I don't know. I'm I'm nervous about that one to end the regular season. So four and one, big dub tomorrow night. Certainly rooting for the Pokes to hopefully not bring it down to the wire like they're prone to do this season, but we shall see. We shall see. So appreciate Josh's time. Appreciate Robert's time. Appreciate everyone for listening. If you want to follow Josh on Twitter at Chriswell underscore sports, he's going to have all the updates. If you're unable to get CBS sports network on your television or whatever fine establishment you find yourself trying to watch the game at Josh will have plenty of updates and he's, he's good at the updates. He, he makes them creative in a way that if it's different than other people who are, you know, live tweeting the games, kind of like Robert on the high school scene. If you want to follow Robert at our Munoz three Oh seven, holding it down for the Cowboys state, give him a follow on Twitter as well. And if you're so bored or just want peach basket updates on Thursday, you can follow myself at Mr. David Graff. Looking forward to Wednesday night's game. 
Looking forward to the rest of the Cowboys basketball season. We will talk to you again next week. Shout out to Shakewell for the music. Travel safe. Stay warm out there. Baby